0: If everyone wants to take a seat, that would be great. We're about to start. Good evening and welcome to Salt and Light. Um, We're glad that you're here to worship with us. I'm going to get us started tonight with our call to worship. So if you want to go ahead and stand, this is a short one. If you need to sit, that's fine. But meanwhile, oh there we go. So you'll be doing the parts with me that are underlined, okay? Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. Thanks. O oh, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins.
1: Thanks. All right. I'm going to light our Advent candle today. Does anyone know what today's candle is? What do you think? Close. What do you think? It's joy. Yeah. Today, it's joy. So I get to talk a little bit about how I have seen joy um, through the Lord during my year this year. Um, and I wrote it, so I wouldn't uh, ramble. Um, So up until this year, I described my life and especially my career as busy and full of striving. Um, I pride myself on my big ambitions and ideas and accomplishments, professionally and personally. Um, The past years had uh, new degrees, new jobs, new babies, new homes, et cetera, et cetera, exciting things. Um, This year, though, I would describe as an unexceptional year for me personally, although I am supporting my husband, Ben, through hard and big uh, changes, which affect us both. But for me and my work, I slowed down. I went part-time at work. Uh, I've started picking up the kids from school every day. I painted um, our bathroom pink, and then regretted it immediately. (laughs) Um, I didn't have high highs um, to speak of, and thankfully, I didn't have the lowest of lows. However, when I consider this year, I see a thread of joy throughout. And my joy didn't come from my accomplishments, or exciting news, or um, living through a great challenge. I don't have a list of things at the end of this year to point to. Yet joy was still there, and to quote The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, how could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. (laughs) It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And for me, it often came as relief that my accomplishments aren't what actually bring me joy, it turns out. Uh, it was still there throughout the season of setting things aside and slowing down and learning how to use an Instant Pot, and I'm grateful for an unexceptional year because it showed that my joy truly does come from the Lord and not from my personal feelings of accomplishment. I cannot earn joy, thank you, God, and he has proven to be the giver of joy, not based on me, but based on him and who he is. Um, so I'm going to light the candles. This is Piper. you want to help me light the candles? <laughs> Um, let's see. Here, you hold this for me. You hold that. I'm gonna light the candles. Oh, thanks. Let's see. Can you turn it around, Piper? Okay. Should have memorized this first. Um, Romans fifteen thirteen says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks. All right, so now, um, if you are in kindergarten through fifth grade, you can go to your own room to do stuff that's just for you with the Arnettes. It's going to be really fun. If you haven't been before, it's just a room down the hall, and then they come back. Kindergarten through fifth. Okay. And while they're walking out, I'm going to read the verse that um, Nicole's teaching on today. Right? Teaching on? Um, to get ready for her to come up. Luke two twenty one. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not part from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem, And when they had reformed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him.
2: Okay. Um, Let me pray for us. God, we come before you right now, um, and we just sit with this passage that um, there's so much revealed in here of you, your heart, your mission, your purpose. Right now, I pray that um, just like Simeon, we too would be filled with the Spirit, moved by the Spirit, paying attention to you, God, what you have to reveal to us um, today. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Okay, Um, kiddo, uh, I'm I'm not going to call you kiddos. I'm going to say big kids. Uh, I have, um, I'm not going to say bad news either. I'm just going to say factual news for you. I do not have candy for you today (laughs) because it's the big kids in here, and you guys are going to the middle school gathering after this, and I know that you can focus, and you can pay attention, and you can try hard. So, I just feel like I need to, like, clear the air on that, (laughs) if you were expecting it otherwise. Um, Okay, so today we get to look at um, one of my favorite passages in Scripture. I think this is what we just heard read is just one of the best stories for Advent season. Um, But also, I come to this passage a lot when I just want to read, like, a good story in Scripture, this is, like, one of my go-tos. Um, you know, when you just, like, sometimes when you just sit with, uh, sit with your Bible and you're like, I don't really know what, I, you know, what to read today or what do I want to read today. Or maybe you're just looking for, like, just remembering who Jesus is and who God is. Like, this is one of those stories for me that I flip back to regularly. Um, I just love it. I love this story. It's simple. Um, there's, a, like, a purity to this story. Um, we learn about a little bit more about who Jesus is. We see the heart of God in this really tender way, and everyone in this passage, they're just ordinary, faithful people. So I just love this passage. I'm so excited to talk about it today. Um, And I do want to do a little bit more actual discussion today than I normally do when I am up here, so I'm really hopeful that we can have a good conversation with each other um, as we look at this passage. So I do want to look at it in three sections. I want to look at it in the three different characters that we see. that each of these characters, um, they tell us something about Jesus. Each one is pointing to and highlighting the promise that Jesus came to fulfill. So we're going to look at it through like Mary and Joseph, then Simeon, and then Anna. So let's take a few minutes now to just walk through this story. So when we're looking at Mary and Joseph, um, we've moved from the traditional nativity scene that we're familiar with when we think of Advent or Christmas, um, and we've moved from the manger into the temple is where we find ourselves now. So picture with me here. It's an ordinary day. If Kids, if I were going to give you a word, it might be ordinary. Um, it's an ordinary day. Jesus has been born already, um, and so this story that we are reading in this chapter finds us about 40 days later from his birth. So we know this because we know that it said, um, you know, that he was after eight on the eighth day, he went to be circumcised. Well, then in uh, Jewish law, the woman had 33 days of purification to where she would be purified. Um, And so we're about 40 days into his birth. So. Women in here, if you have had a child before, um, or men, you have walked alongside uh, a woman who has had a child before, you can understand, you can have a memory of her postpartum season that she's in right now, okay? Think about that. Like, I just, it's just helpful sometimes to just kind of think about, like, these people, not just as characters, but real humans, you know? So um, here we are. She's 40 days postpartum. So if you think about that, what like what are some things that you would come to mind when you think about what it means to be 40 days postpartum? Tired. Tired. Emotional. emotional, like super emotional. <laughs> pain. Insecure, pain, you might still be in pain? Yeah. Insecure. Um, like, I feel like you have, like, high highs, you know, like, super intense, like, moments of joy, but then you can also have, like, really hard moments of, do I know what I'm doing? What is happening? Anything else come to mind? Yeah, yeah. It's a medical recovery. There's a lot going on. I think that, um, you know, there's like these feelings of overwhelm, exhaustion, emotional overload, but also like really sweet, simple moments, you know, like ordinary, just joyful moments um, that you have in this season. And to outsiders, so that's kind of how they're, you know, coming into the temple with baby Jesus. And to outsiders, they're just another Jewish family showing up at the temple to follow the Jewish law. Like This is just a thing that they would do. Um, so I already said how the law said that the boys would be circumcised on the eighth day, and then the mom waited 33 days to be purified. And so when that amount of time passed, a good Jewish family would present their child to the priest at the temple and then make an offering before the Lord. And in Luke, in this passage, it says that they offered a pair of uh, doves or pigeons. Now, all of this... All of these little details come from the law that we write, can read about in Leviticus. Okay, so like the timing of the circumcision, the timing of coming to the temple, what you offer. All of that is from Old Testament law, um, that they, the law that they were faithfully following. So I want to show you what Leviticus 12 says. Um, we're going to look at chapter 12. You can turn there if you want. I don't know if I, I'm... Oh, look! I promise you the only reason that I ever have slides when I'm up here is because of Matt. Um, So, (laughs) can you confirm? Yes. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Okay, so let's read this. It says, uh, and if she cannot afford a lamb, so, so the offering was to be a lamb, and if you cannot afford a lamb, then you shall take two turtle doves or two pigeons, one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering. And the priest shall make atonement for her, and she shall be clean. Okay, but the first thing is, if you can't afford a lamb, like, that's the, there's these, like, little details that are just so amazing to see in Scripture. Um, this is where it gets really cool now. Okay, so look, we're going to now look at John chapter 1. Do I have a slide? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Okay, so look at John chapter 1. The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him. This is John the Baptist. John the Baptist sees Jesus coming toward him and says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Mary and Joseph were too poor to purchase and offer a lamb. So they offer a pair of doves or pigeons, and yet the irony here is that they were carrying the Lamb of God. Just think for a moment on the beauty of this. This is why, gosh, Scripture is so cool. Like, do not underestimate Scripture. Okay, so um, the kingdom of God breaks in, not in the mighty and in this powerful way or the super elite way, um, but among the common and the ordinary, and the people who can't afford more than a couple of birds. But they afford, what they do is they offer, they are faithful to offer what they do have. And one day, the baby in their arms that they enter the temple with would one day be the true and complete sacrifice, the true lamb of God given for the sins of the world. It's so amazing to see in this passage what appears like an ordinary keeping of the law is this extraordinary foretelling of what was to come. The Lamb of God has arrived, and we see that in this passage. And so in keeping with this ordinary day, there are two fairly mysterious people in this chapter, Simeon and Anna, and I love Simeon and Anna so much. Um, they studied the scriptures, they knew the prophecies, but more than that, what we see in this passage is that they listened to the spirit of God. So let's start with Simeon first. So Simeon, um, okay, so Simeon is this this man that we don't know a ton about, but I want to think about a little, kind of give a little bit of context for him as well. So think about like bucket list items. You know, like the things that you want to do or accomplish before you hit a certain milestone, Um, you know, whether it's like, okay, before we have kids, I want to make sure I do this thing. Before I turn 50, I want to make sure I do this thing. Before I die, I want to make sure I do this thing, you know? like for us, you know, before we had kids, like it, we really wanted to go to Italy, okay? So we, we got that. We made that happen, okay? Um, if you come into our house right now on the fridge, there's like multiple, like a, like a banner hanging down that my kids made of holiday things to do before, you know. And so we have like a, a huge checklist that the children have made of all the things that we are to accomplish before Christmas season is over. We'll see. Um, before my grandpa passed away, Um, he really wanted to go to the World War II Museum in New Orleans. And at this point, several months before he passed away, he was very ill. He was not in great condition. But my mom and my aunts, they rallied and they made it happen. And they traveled you know from Houston to New Orleans to New Orleans so he could go and see this museum and they spent days there seeing it and he died a few months later. but that was a really powerful thing that he got to experience and it was really powerful for my mom and my aunts to get to give that opportunity to him um, so there's you know we've all got, we've always got these bucket list items, but then we also have these things that we're waiting for, right um, like if my daughter, Kate, we in here right now, she would tell you that she's been waiting for a puppy for a very long time. And to be honest, nobody knows when she will ever receive a puppy. <laughs> um, but she is waiting. Um, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, is waiting, waiting so sincerely and praying for the healing of her daughter who has cancer. Um, we wait for big things and we wait for little things. But what we're doing as we wait is we're really just longing for something, right? Whether it is a big thing or a little thing, we're longing for something. We're longing for something good. We're longing for joy. So with that in mind, we get to Simeon. So look at his bucket list item. Read with me. Um, Let's look at verse 25 and 26. Okay, so it says here, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. I love that. I could read that all the time. I love that. Okay, so Simeon here, he has this desire to see the Messiah, but there's nothing he can do about it. Right? Like there's there's nothing to make this happen other than just wait. Just wait and just believe. And the reason why I love him so much is because what we see through this snapshot moment is God's love for Simeon. And then we see Simeon's faith in God and his joy and anticipation, his joy for Jesus. It is this beautiful picture here. There's something so tender to me, so special about God, our big majestic God being so intimate and personal with Simeon for, being, for, saying, for allowing Simeon to get to see Jesus. The heart of God in this moment is just stunning to me. So remember that there had been 400 years of silence between the end of the prophetic ministry and what we have here now at the beginning of the New Testament. So they'd been in this silent era. And the people, they had been used to the words of the prophets, but now the prophets' words had gone away. So this normal routine in the temple by Mary and Joseph is interrupted in an extraordinary way by an encounter with a very ordinary man who shares a prophetic word with him with them. So let's pause for a minute and talk about this kind of do a quick like gathering of Simeon's character and what we know of him. what when you look at this passage, what do you know about what do we know about Simeon? He was righteous and devout, he was righteous and devout which means what? Yeah, he's dedicated, worshipful. He was a believer in the Lord. Regularly at the temple. Yeah, he's got to be right. Patient.
0: Yeah. Really easy to think, like, this has been so long, why would it happen? To not believe that. Mm-hmm.
2: He did. Anything else stand out to you all about Simeon? What you know, what you can see?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. 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 We, those, like, and that's about all we know. We know he's righteous and devout, he knew Old Testament. Law, he knew the promises of God, and he's waiting. Um, he is waiting for the consolation of Israel. But that's about it. Like, that's what we know. And there's nothing else in Scripture about Simeon than that story. Um, scripture doesn't tell us where he's from, who his family is, what he did for work. We don't know how old he is, although I've always envisioned him as an old man, um, So it's just this interesting, mysterious man. And what does it mean? mean, Can I hit on this a little bit too? Like this idea, this phrase, waiting for the consolation of Israel. So when we think of consolation, um, consolation means the comfort received from a person after a loss. So that would be the definition of consolation. It means the comfort received from a person after a loss. So what is the loss of Israel that he is talking about, that scripture is talking about? Well, so if we think about the Old Testament, kind of the storyline that we know, we know that God called a people to him who he promised to bless, and then they would be a blessing, and he saved them from being enslaved. But then the people strayed, and they forgot God, and they worshiped false idols, and they wanted a king like all the other nations. And so they got a king, and they continued to get kings. And the kings just got worse and worse and worse. And it was just this terrible mess that they made. Um, they made a mess, and they get to the point where they know that the people just needed a rescuing king. Like, that's the consolation. That, that is what they're wanting consolation from. So Simeon was a faithful follower of God who believed that God would one day fulfill his promise to send a Savior to rescue his people. He believed the promise of a king, someone who'd come from the line of David. And he might not have understood it all, but he knew enough to listen to the Holy Spirit. So moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts that day. And I think about it, I think. Was it every day that he wondered, is today the day? You know, and then, and then for however it worked, somehow he knew that today was the day. Today was the day. So, moved by the Spirit, he goes into the temple courts. This is the day, Simeon. This is the day that you will encounter the Son of God, the salvation for the world. So, Simeon takes the baby in his arms, which also just kind of makes me laugh. Again, because I'm thinking about postpartum Mary with her baby and this mysterious man, Simeon, walking up to her and taking the baby. But a song of joy wells up from him. So let's read this again. Let's read, uh, looking at verses 29 through 32. So Simeon says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. So what stands out to you in this prayer? What are some things that like that just kind of stand out to you maybe? The revelation to the Gentiles. Yeah, which comes first?
0: Mm-hmm. That's what they were hoping for. Yeah. But for this to be a light for revelation to the Gentiles outside of the people group, it's kind of uh, eye open. Yeah. Salvation is a person.
2: Mm.
0: That's what he saw with Jesus. Yeah.
2: Yeah. hmm Yeah.
0: It's also kind of interesting, he recognized that it as a baby being the salvation. Yeah. Moses thought it was gonna be a king, not he had an army. Yeah. 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 So he must have had a real
2: revelation by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. go. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love this prayer. I love seeing how he responds to encountering Jesus. He takes this baby born to a poor, faithful Jewish family, and he says, I am looking at the salvation of God. I am looking at the fulfillment of the promises of God from all of eternity. Like, that's what he's saying. Through this child, God is going to work out salvation for all of mankind, for Gentiles and people of Israel. This is salvation Can you just imagine that the joy he must have felt in that moment? After faithfully waiting, God was faithful to him. I love that. Simeon was a godly individual who testified publicly to Jesus' significance by the power of the Holy Spirit. For Simeon, this was not, this was no ordinary baby, this was God's salvation. And so I want to look at a few different verses in Isaiah where we can see see the fulfillment of this. First one, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. It's just so interesting to see the fulfillment. Like, this is where we see, like, Simeon believed, and then he got to experience, joyfully experience the fulfillment. He recognizes the fulfillment of God's promised salvation in a baby. He's been waiting for salvation and revelation promised from Isaiah, and now the waiting's over. And the promise given to Simeon, that he would not die before he saw the Lord's Christ, before he saw the Messiah, before he saw salvation, that also is fulfilled. Simeon faithfully believed the promises of God. He attentively listened to the Lord. And because of those two things, he joyfully worshipped Jesus. So in the midst of our own busyness of this season and in all of our distractions... I want to encourage us to take a cue from Simeon here. We can joyfully worship because Jesus has come to save us. He is our salvation. In this passage, it doesn't just look back, but it also looks forward. Simeon blesses Mary and Joseph, and he specifically says to Mary Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. Meaning, some are going to respond in submission and worship, and others are going to respond with rejection. And then he follows up, though, with a hard reality to Mary. He tells her, A sword will pierce your own soul, too. In other words, this salvation that is found in Christ will come at a cost. Of course, we know what he's alluding to, but at this moment, it's a prophetic word specifically for Mary. And so then I want to look at, take a couple minutes to look at Anna. Uh, Let's read along again, verses 36
0: through
2: 39. Um, No? Oh, that's his fault. Um. Okay, great. All right, let's read again. Follow along. Verse 36. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Okay, so same thing. What do we know about Anna? Let's piece her together. She's a rock star. A rock star. <laughs> what makes her a rock star?
0: Yeah. Very, very mhm.
2: And what's she waiting for? To
0: mm-hmm.
2: Waiting, yep. You know, and to speak of him to all who are waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So, like Simeon, Anna was. Also, anticipating God's deliverance of Israel through a Messiah. The references to Simeon looking forward to the consolation of Israel in verse 25, and then Anna looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem in verse 38, they act as a pair of bookends to the story. Um, she, like Simeon, understood her Bible, she understood the Old Testament scriptures, and she was looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Just as Simeon was looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And what's so interesting is they're looking for the same person, but not necessarily for the same thing here. You have consolation, this comfort received after a loss or after suffering, and then redemption, gaining possession or freedom for for someone by paying their debt. It's two longings in them, both met In Jesus. Jesus, the Messiah, who has come to comfort and to redeem his people. So like Simeon and Anna, we rejoice in his coming during Advent season and all throughout the year. And like them both, we long for the day when he will come again. Jesus is the light of the world. He is the light for the Gentiles, and he is the glory of Israel. He is born a king. It's not a title that he became, but in an identity that he has always been. He is the whole deal. This child, this king, is the one who brings salvation for the whole world. So are we people who long for the king, and for his kingdom to come in Fort Worth as it is in heaven. How often do we think and pray, come, Lord Jesus, come into this broken situation, come into this broken city, come into this broken relationship, into this broken body, into this broken world. Come and bring your consolation to the suffering. Bring your consolation to my suffering. Come, Lord Jesus, and bring your redemption into this situation. Bring your redemption into my life or to my family members' life or to my work situation. Bring your redemption from darkness to light through your sacrifice, as only the Lamb of God can do. I love this passage. And I love that we get to be together and we get to participate in communion together. And so I want to take time right now to lead us through communion. And I want to approach it as Advent people. Think of yourself as an Advent person. People who remember that Jesus came as a baby, that he lived a life as a human, and he died a death so that we could be saved And that there is joy to be found in our salvation. So as Advent people, we live, we can live like Simeon and Anna, expectantly waiting the fulfillment of a promised king and a promised kingdom. As we look back at Jesus in the first Advent, we also, like Simeon and Anna, prepare our hearts to wait and Humble anticipation. So take the bread, dip it in the wine or the juice, and take and eat and remember the joy of your salvation. Let me pray for us. Lord, help us to embrace you the way Simeon embraced you. Help us to look forward to our redemption, just like Anna. Lord, may we be faithful people who faithfully pursue you, like Mary and Joseph. Lord, may we be people who marvel at you, who you are. Lord, restore to us the joy of our salvation as we look upon you. We ask these things in your name. Amen.